Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful Wrestling Podcast. If you're looking for us to talk MMA, too bad. We've got like 74 shows a week. It is awesome. Showdown Joe with Elias Theodoro of the UFC. Uh, Sean Pearson, who left the UFC on a three-fight winning streak. Reed Coon breaking down the analytics. Adam Martin, we've got it all. Of course, I'm with him uh, once a week as well. Today, I am with the eccentric millionaire himself I've referred to you as Jimmy Van, the owner of Fightful.com. What's up, Jimmy Van? That was going to be the first question I was going to ask you today was uh, what the hell is with this eccentric millionaire stuff? I got to give you a gimmick. Is that the gimmick? I got to give you a gimmick. I mean, I I, I feel like Mr. Burns when you say that, eccentric millionaire. (laughs) I noticed that you put it on Twitter and I thought, oh, this is just kind of like a one-off. And then I caught some of the raw review and you said the exact same thing. I was like, eccentric millionaire. What the hell is that about? I got to give you the gimmick. I mean, maybe maybe we can get you a – hey, I've got a replica million-dollar belt that my wife bought me as a birthday gift, actually. Like, I'm not big into, like, just buying title belts, but that was my favorite of all time, and she got it. Maybe okay, I, got a, I, got a, I got a deal for you. I got a deal for you. You can call me the eccentric millionaire, but then that means that you got to wear a strapless dress, and I'm going to call you Sapphire. I think we're ditching that gimmick. We're ditching the gimmick. Come on, That's I'm prettier than Sapphire. Uh, well, I mean, you, you can keep the beard if you want. You don't have to lose that. Hell. Hell. You just got back from Vegas. I did. I just got back from Vegas yesterday, and I am uh, running on half speed today. But uh, for you, I'm here. For you, man. And today is actually my wedding anniversary, if you can believe oh, it. Oh, man. And so I have to go for dinner tonight, even though I spent the last three days going out for every single meal. But... Uh, for my wife, I'm going to do it. Sometimes you have to, uh, you know how it is. You're a married man. Sometimes you have to, you have to compromise, you know? Sure. Uh, you actually had your trip delayed a little bit. I did. The, uh, I have to actually give kudos to the Canadian government. Do you remember last week I was shitting on the Canadian government for their immigration policies? And I will continue to shit on the Canadian government for that. But uh, they were able to get me a new passport in a 12-hour window, which was quite impressive. wasn't free. But uh, we got it done, was able to go to Vegas. You tell me you've never been to Vegas. 
that's actually got me thinking. You know when I said before that when we hit our targets, I'm going to bring you to Toronto? Yeah. How about if we hit our targets, we'll go to Vegas? That sounds fun. So, and I, I can tell, I can tell you're a party animal. You're going to want to do like, oh, yeah. probably, you're probably going to want to do the Celine Dion concert and uh, <laughs> maybe Cirque du Soleil or something. But yeah, we, we hit our targets. We'll go to Vegas. Mason Ryan's uh, working for Cirque du Soleil now. Is that right? I interviewed him a while back and never used it because, boy, I, I'll bury whoever his handler was on the air right now. They get on there. <laughs> they schedule this interview with me and it was in the opening days of Fightful. Then they hit me, and they're like, okay, you got seven minutes. You can't talk about this, 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 or this. And I'm like, so nothing interesting. Uh-huh. And I was like, "I'm okay, cool, I'll do it. Then they cut me off at like five minutes. They're like, we got to go to the next one. Uh, you know, I remember – says the kitty. I remember years ago when I had my old website, and we landed an interview with Chris Jericho, and we were told uh, like a day or two before we went on the air that you couldn't talk wrestling. You could only talk about Fozzie. Oh, and so I had one of my guys do it. I didn't even bother. Man, not that Fozzie's not a good band or anything, but let's be honest. No one gives a fuck about Fozzie. We wanted to talk about wrestling with Chris Jericho. Yeah, I mean, I skipped the Fozzie chapters in his book. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't want to I don't want to shit on Chris Jericho today, but I think uh, uh, a lot of his fan base was probably just wrestling fans that crossed over, you know? Yeah, uh, I mean, they do well in Europe, though. I'm heading towards San Antonio next weekend, hopefully in a Fightful shirt if Pro Wrestling Tees gets it to me on time, guys. You can go uh, for a limited time, get a Fightful shirt, $15.99. We have it soft style, we have muscle tees, we have regular tees, long sleeve. Uh, The link is in the podcast description on Fightful.com. Until then, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Leave us good reviews, thumbs up, stuff like that really, really, really helps. I hope the site doesn't explode while I'm gone, Jimmy. Uh, you mean in a good way because uh, traffic? Well, I, know. I, hope, I hope it does in a good way. Obviously. Maybe maybe traffic is going to funnel in because people find out Sean Ross Sapp's not working on the site anymore. Yeah, I highly doubt that'll happen. <laughs> no, I mean, but we, do, we do have something like a dozen Royal Rumble features coming next week. Yeah, and this is shaping up to be a good rumble. I'm actually looking forward to this rumble. Oh, I am too. Uh, like, I, I'm not a big live event guy. Like, I'll go locally. I'm not a big travel a long way for live event. I went to Nashville Night of Champions just to see Brock Lesnar wrestle. But this one, I'm glad I'm going to. The rumble's always been on like my bucket list, and I can't wait to just go and have fun. And I get to watch Matt wrestle at Evolve. I'm excited about that too. Yeah, I'm still a little concerned that they're going to give a couple of those rumble placements to the Cologne brothers. So I'm still a little concerned about that. But uh, it's shaping up to look pretty good. I think they've only announced, like, what, 20 people or something. So there's a lot of room left yet. How ironic that their last name is Cologne because they are the shit. (laughs) If they, I swear, if they ever get, uh, you know, future endeavored and they decide to do the indies, if I was them, I would roll with that. I would create a shirt and everything. (laughs) Because that would sell. You're telling me people wouldn't buy that? I would I would roll. They might. They might. People are buying the Fifle shirt. I know that much. Oh, really? Yeah. We sold at least yeah. one? Yes, we've, we've sold several, actually. Oh, that's good. That's good. Hell, I of, should... a, hell of a deal. I got to send you the sales report at the end of the month, you know. Make sure I'm not embezzling Fightful funds. I was going to say, where's the actual money going from these uh, purchases? Well, I bought a Jeff Jarrett laser engraved guitar, Jimmy. 
with the proceeds from the Fightful.com t-shirts. I wish, uh, but it's going to be right up there. By the way, guys, you can't see it, but I'm giving away that signed Rey Mysterio mask that I, that I have no use for to a lucky follower of at Fightful Wrestle, which is our Strictly Wrestling account. You can also follow at Fightful MMA for Strictly MMA as we head towards our site split. I am excited. Uh, some people like that. Explain maybe the reasoning behind that, Jimmy. Uh, you know what? It actually started with Reddit is, is where it started. So, so when we started this website and I was saying to Sean, where, where are some good places that we can buy traffic from? And, uh, he said, Oh, Reddit is really good. Go to the squared circle, uh, subreddit and the MMA subreddit. And so we did, and we had a lot of luck with clicks. However, in the comments, we got shit on. Uh, and it was, it was mostly with MMA fans, MMA fans. I don't think respect pro wrestling. Whereas I think wrestling fans, even if they don't like MMA, they respect it. And so uh, this is where this decision came from. There's still a lot of crossover fans. I mean, you and I both are crossover fans. And uh, a lot of people that work for the site, even Matt Riddle and Elias, are crossover fans. But uh, some aren't. And so we decided, let's, let's cater to everybody. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really hit or miss. Like I noticed a couple of years ago, especially when the Cena versus Lesnar thing happened, you had a lot of MMA fans and journalists that – either came out of the closet with their love of pro wrestling or they just faked it. They feigned it just because it was the cool thing that weekend. Because if you remember, Jimmy, they had built it as the biggest fight of the summer. Right. And I think it I think it was. I mean, that was a down year for MMA, but like Cena and Lesnar had that big fight feel and you had like the four horsewomen in the front row mm-hmm. and uh, Ronda Rousey was there. It had a lot of crossover, even though Brock Lesnar hadn't fought MMA in a while. And, Sometimes you hit with that, sometimes you miss. One of my favorite things is when people say, because of the Fightful MMA podcast, I got into MMA. That makes me like so happy. Because, Jimmy, you went out and got Elias Theodoru and Sean Pearson and Reed Kuhn, who's breaking down the analytics of MMA. Like people who have been there and done that, that can give you that type of thing, uh, you don't see that a lot of other places, so... No, and, and, and I think the reason that, because it seems like boxing is kind of like the redheaded stepchild in this whole scenario. And I think the reason is that there just aren't a lot of entertaining fighters. Uh, I think a lot of fighters in boxing don't understand the, the importance of showmanship, whereas I think a lot of fighters get it. And I think that Dana White gets it more so than the boxing promoters do. I think the boxing promoters are very, very old school. And uh, that's why guys like Conor McGregor crush it because they understand the showmanship in the whole thing. That's why Floyd Mayweather crushed it because he understood the showmanship in the yep. whole thing. But uh, I think if, if you look at it based on percentages, I think most boxers don't get it. Uh, and I, I think more MMA fighters do get it. And that's why there seems to be more of a natural crossover between wrestling and MMA versus boxing and, and wrestling. I think we're going to have an upswing for boxing this year because 2016 was, was kind of rough. But uh, 2017 started off with a great – uh, great fight that our own Carlos Toro was there covering live. He did some awesome work uh, this weekend, but they got a lot of names coming back, like Pacquiao's back and Triple G's going to fight and uh, Tyson Fury wants back in and Klitschko and I love Deontay Wilder. So I think I think we're going to see a little bit of an upswing there, at least in the interest, because it, almost like MMA goes in those cycles, like a, a, two or three years ago, worst pay-per-view year in UFC history. Uh, or at least in a while. Last year, the best. This year, you don't know what's up with Rousey. Jones isn't back till July. McGregor's not around. I think pro wrestling's going to reign supreme through these next few months, honestly. 
I mean, maybe in terms of eyeballs, but I think in terms of money, I mean, I, a low UFC pay-per-view still does a couple hundred thousand buys. Uh, yes. WWE would probably murder people for that. So yeah. so money-wise, UFC is still going to be uh, the top. As far as boxing goes, do you know if Canelo has gotten any better with his English? I don't know. The last, but, uh, for, fortunately for us, Carlos speaks Spanish. <laughs> well, that's helpful. The last time I saw Canelo, I saw a, a clip on YouTube of Canelo uh, doing like an English audio tape. And he reminded me, I don't know if you're a fan of uh, The Godfather. He reminded me of Michael Carleone's first wife in Sicily when she was like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday. That was basically Canelo's English at that point. So hopefully he's gotten better since then. Yeah, somebody, we're taking questions now. Submit them at Fightful Wrestle on Twitter. Somebody actually asked, Sean, what was your rant about the other day on Twitter? Uh, there are people who I see that do podcasts and will like write once every two weeks, and they're like, why hasn't anybody hired me? Why don't I have a job? Well, you're not producing content. Carlos Toro, and hey, Jimmy will be the first to tell you, Carlos Toro had a rough start with us. Mm-hmm. He, he started really slow. And English is not his first language. He is a 21-year-old college student from Puerto Rico. Uh, and he came here. He found his niche. He found out what to cover. And he started off slow with the MMA and pro wrestling. And then, you know, it's like, oh, wait. He covers boxing and he does it damn well. To the point to where I consider him one of the best at boxing coverage, period. Not on Fightful, period. Because boxing coverage... Slim Pickens there, but Carlos Toro does a great job. He had uh, interviews with Eddie Hearn and uh, DeBella last week. He works, and he makes it work while he's going to school. Meanwhile, I got these people that are doing, like, these, like, working one hour every week or two, and they're like, why don't I have a job? Because you're not working. I've actually had guys a couple lately, and I'm sure the eccentric millionaire comment has something to do with it. I've had a couple of guys that have actually hit me up looking for money. Really? Yeah, I wanted me to invest in certain things here and there, invest in. I'm not going to go into detail on it, but and uh, I've had a couple of them, and I just keep, keep thinking to myself, oh, thanks a lot, Sean, with the eccentric millionaire comment on Twitter. But, you know, when I think of Carlos, it makes me think of Paul Heyman when he used to say in the ECW days, you want to maximize the strengths or accentuate the strengths and hide the weaknesses. Yeah. And I've done that here in my company. There, there have been times where we've had employees that weren't working out in their position, and I'm on the verge of firing them, but then you find something else for them to do, and they excel at it. Same with Carlos. Carlos, you and I talked about it. He was not, uh, you know, exactly the greatest guy we had covering wrestling or MMA, but boxing was his niche, and it's been perfect. He's fantastic at it. Like, he covered the hell out of that event, everything surrounding it, and uh, I think that him excelling at that has also made him better at covering wrestling and MMA because now if I need somebody to cover an article and Alex isn't around or David's not around – Carlos is like, I'll pick it up and I can, I can trust him to do that. And he is people like that make me happy. People like David tease who takes criticism and accepts it and work. Hey guys, I I haven't had a day off. I've had two days off since like September, 2014, my wedding weekend. I wouldn't have it any other way. So I take exception when people are saying, well, I, I worked, I did this article a few weeks ago. Why don't I have a job with you or with anybody else? You want to drop a few names and then we can just let them get shit on publicly or no? No, because I don't <laughs> want to. I don't want to. Maybe I don't want to give them any publicity. And nah, there's multiple. I was, I was there's there's multiple, but that's frustrating to me because there are people who work really, really, really hard, really hard at it, and 
I mean, we also know, yeah. you and I have talked about when I was starting Fightful, and I reached out to certain renowned uh, wrestling personalities, uh, wrestling writers who wanted obscene amounts of money. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to talk about who those wrestling writers are, but uh, they work for one of the top three wrestling sites in the space, so figure it out. But uh, so I guess they went the other way. So first you have the people that, you know, think they're better than where they need to be in terms of work. Then you have the ones that have done the work, but then they think they're, you know, yeah. worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, hey, I'll, I'll say that they're not top three in traffic. OK, good point. Yeah, <laughs> good point. They're not. Uh, Maybe all the ads have something to do with it. That's all hey, I'm saying. That's all hey, I'm saying. Maybe. Uh, yeah. And I think that you all pay me pretty damn well. And I'm, I'm not unrealistic. <laughs> Hey, when you're starting up a site, you got to eventually make money. And if I'm out here asking for six figures, you're not going to make money. Yeah, I'm not doing this for a social life. As as much as I love to talk to you every day, (laughs) uh, I'm doing this for a reason. So, Oh, enough of that. Somebody asks, if Jimmy could own or start a wrestling company in Canada, who would he start it up with? Who would he try to sign uh, the name of the title and the company? As if if you were in in the mood to lose some more money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, first and foremost, if I can't get a TV deal, I am not starting up a wrestling company. And uh, so that's probably not going to happen. Although, you know what? If you want to really play the fantasy game, and if I was able to start up a wrestling company, uh, I still talk every now and then to certain people that I know from uh, from the Canadians, like Cody Diener. I still talk to him sometimes. Uh, Angelina Love. Um, I knew Bobby and I knew Eric Young. I don't really talk to them anymore, but there's, there's lots of good talent out there, but yeah, no TV deal, no wrestling company for me. What if it were a flow slam situation? Uh, flow slam is not going to make money. You and I have talked about it. It's a flawed concept, but again, if you want, if you want to be a fantasy world, then, uh, again, I'd probably go after some of the people that I know and that I can trust, but, uh, slams, uh, flow slam is not going to make money. As we mentioned last week, we have a pretty good roster just on the podcasts. It's true. I'm actually, you know, what? I, I heard Stefan Struve went down. Is that true? From the Halifax car? Yes. So that means Elias might be the main event if they can't find a replacement. Hey, hey. That's pretty, that's awesome if that happens. I actually hope they can't find a replacement just so Elias is in the main event. That would be good promotion. You think he'll name drop us? Probably not. No, but, uh, <laughs> but he, he I, I've, I've earned, a, he's earned my respect. I like Elias a lot. He's such an entertaining guy. Yeah. Like I, I isolated that clip from yesterday's show where they were like, who are you fighting? A dead man. Yeah. Oh, you, I, I told you yesterday, we can probably get four or five snippets of news out of his podcast. Cause he doesn't give a shit. He says whatever he wants. He I love it. I, I, it's, it's awesome. And Sean Pearson, once he fixes the wiener cam. Yeah. Will be yeah. <laughs> as soon as he gets the cock cam fixed. <laughs> then uh, Sean is, you know who Sean reminds me of? He reminds me of Bob Holly. Yeah. Because he doesn't give a shit either. He says whatever he wants. I love that. I love that uh, characteristic. I've been talking to Bob Holly lately, just saying that. You mentioned it. You mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 By the way, guys, uh, check out Jason Kincaid's uh, features he's been doing every week. Those are awesome. He's really good. Like, and, and he's another guy signed by Evolve. We are expanding our Evolve coverage. We have live coverage. We're going to have recaps. And, of course, we'll be talking to Matt Riddle on the Thursday show about it. Um, register at Fightful.com. Jimmy, your thoughts on another Jimmy, that of Superfly Snuka, his passing, and how WWE handled it considering that sensitive situation? 
Okay. So uh, I was in Vegas when this whole thing happened. Uh, I didn't get to watch Raw Live because I just couldn't. But uh, I've, I've gone back. I've seen some of the footage. So here's my take on it. There are certain people in the WWE family, family, that um, will always be, they always get put over by Vince McMahon. And obviously, Freddie Blassie was one. Gorilla Monsoon is one. Jimmy Snuka is one. How many times have you seen that splash against Morocco over the years? They have played that clip over and over. And it was a classic matchup, and it was a classic moment. But they played it over and over again. So when I heard that they did a big video tribute to him, even though he had been up on charges for manslaughter, it didn't surprise me at all. Uh, he was in the in the WWE family. He was one of those legends that they always brought back out. Whenever they, they wanted somebody for that spot, it was always Jimmy Snuka. And uh, if I want to be technical about it, he was never charged with a crime or he was never uh, found guilty of a crime. Uh, of course, we know he did it, but he was never found guilty of a crime. So I don't have a big problem with it. I, I think there's a lot of, uh, of other things to be concerned about it and be offended about. So it didn't bother me that much. And it just didn't surprise me again, given his standing within WWE. I thought they'd go the route of just having a graphic, not, not like video, but it's over and done with now. Um, I mean, I will say this, uh, my favorite LJN rubber action figure as a kid was the Jimmy Snuka figure. And uh, I used to drop headbutts on everybody with that figure. I mean, Snuka in his prime was amazing. He was, he was the first guy to go off the top like that. Uh, he was jacked up like nobody else. I heard that he, uh, had quite a temper on him backstage, probably for related reasons, but, uh, he was a, he was a classic character. He obviously he wasn't a, an in-ring technician, but he was, uh, he was before Hogan, he was their, their, their biggest star, you know, for a while. What's your favorite LGN figure now? As you know, I have the entire set in the package. And uh, my favorite one now, that's a hard question. That's a hard question. I was always more of an old school guy. So maybe like, you know, the Andre the Giant figure was like that big uh, back in the day. So, uh, and Andre was the first one I ever got. So I'd probably say Andre the Giant. I had a Hillbilly Jim one and a Macho Man Randy Savage because those were a little before my time, but I thought they were awesome. You had Hillbilly Jim because you live in Kentucky. And didn't you tell me, you said Mudlick is close by. There are two Mudlicks. The one that he's billed from is like at the bottom of the state, but there's one like 15 minutes from right here. How many uh, uh, horseshoes with a chain do you have in your your wardrobe? Uh, Not as many as I should, (laughs) apparently. All you need, I think for Halloween, you need to uh, bring out a horseshoe on a chain. And what the hell was that hat made of that he wore? Like a leather hat, I think it was. Oh, God. And some overalls. Cow pies. Uh, What were your thoughts when they switched to Hasbro? Hated it. The Hasbro figures, crappy little figures. I I, I mean, by then I had grown out of uh, action figures anyway. But uh, as a collector now, I hate them. And did you know that there is actually a massive custom figure ring when it comes to Hasbro's? Yes, I did. I did. And they try to they try to make like they're the real thing, and they try to get them, you know, the regular prices on eBay. Ooh. So I don't touch Hasbro's. Never been a fan. They were tiny little shitty plastic things. Just no, not for me. Now, what do you think of these bad boys? Oh, the WCW Galoob action figures. Yeah, I have this one. I have some Bengals and Reds stuff around here, too. And Brian Pillman was a Cincinnati Bengals, so I keep yeah. that here. 
Those were cool, but you could never move the limbs or anything. You were basically stuck in whatever position they were molded in. I remember like the Bush Reed one was really awkward. Like his arm was down here and up here. And I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do with that? All he can do is like a half-ass power slam. Do you remember the Rick Rude LGN? With one where he flexed? Uh, no, the Rick Rude LGN, he had both of his hands basically in his, uh, on his tights. And oh, so God. he looked like he was getting ready to pull his pants down. Oh, wow. That was the Rick Rude LGN. You should try to Google it and, uh, and find that. So all you could really do with Rick Rude was shoulder tackles, an entire match of shoulder tackles. That was it. Isn't unlike a lot of matches back then. Oh, I, I think, see it. I'm not sure Rick Rude ever threw a shoulder tackle in his entire career. He could do that um, Aerostar from uh, Lucha Underground who just like swan dive splashes people. That's really it. Yeah, but when he hits the ground, he can't do anything. That's true. Uh, maybe a drop kick, maybe? Maybe a drop kick. Again, he, I mean, he's going to land on his head because he can't put his arms out to, uh, to brace his fall. That's, that's true. A drop toe hold, maybe? Maybe, maybe. I think a lot of shoulder tackles and uh, maybe leg drops or something. Yeah, I was thinking like maybe there was room for a bulldog headlock or a regular headlock. There's not. No, no. He's basically holding his dick in the uh, in the LJN action figure. The one I saw of him flexing was a custom figure, by the way. So uh, yes, I've seen those too. Yeah. And, and at least then he could do his finish. Right. That's another market that I can't understand. There are people that actually purchase custom LJN action figures. You're not one of those. No, they, they take other ones like the Rick Rude one you saw. That's Paul Ondor's body. Wow. They take other ones. They literally cut the limbs off, glue them with other pieces and make custom action figures. It's a whole other world out there. Interesting. And then when I got older, WCW took over Toy Biz uh, or Toy Biz took over the WCW ones and Jax took over WWF. And the thing I didn't like is I, I was about 11 or 12 when that happened. Yeah. They were no longer compatible. At least the Hasbro and Galoob ones were somewhat compatible. You could, like, have them go against each other. But the WWF ones were always weird. Like, they had the spring arms or, like, the little jumpy things. It's really weird. Now, when you say you were little, this all happened. I mean, aren't you only, like, 19 or 20 now? I'm 31. Man, there must be uh, vitamins in the water uh, down there in Kentucky. Yeah. I found out that Jeff was in his 40s. Oh, really? Last night, I had no idea. I'm also in my 40s. Wow. I figured as much. Oh, thanks very much. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, I mean, you were writing about wrestling in 98, 99. I could have been a good writer at six. You could have been. It's possible. Jeff threw his hat in the uh, Mary Anna Bauer to get her a green card uh, ring, which is filling up quicker than the Royal Rumble at this point. That would be quite the... I'm not going to comment on that. I'm just going to say that's good. Check out Most Ridiculous with Anna Bauer. She makes her Royal Rumble picks this week. One of my favorite segments that we have here at Fightful.com. What other... Like, okay, so I'm confused. You still collect the LJNs, right? I've got the whole set now in the package. So I am done collecting. Yeah, I was going to say, it can't evolve from there anymore. Uh, I actually went after, do you remember the AWA Remco action figures? I don't, but I'm going to Google them. They preceded the LGN line, if you can believe it. And so I went after that set, and I now have just about all of it in the package. I'm checking those out right here. Wow, those are interesting. If you can believe it, the Boris uh, Zukov AWA Remco in the package, it's valued at like $10,000. Jesus. Yeah. 
Man, I see these Road Warriors ones. They're they're kind of funny looking, but I like it. And I like the little ring they have here, this Battle Royal ring. Every figure pretty much had the same body, but at least they came with they actually came with like ring gear that you could remove. So that was cool. These are pretty cool for the time. How how old were these? Like early 80s, mid 80s? I think 82 or 83. Something like that. Nice. Nice. Yeah, like Abdul the Butcher and and Carlos Colon, and it was good stuff. They had Ric Flair, too. I think that was Ric Flair's first ever action figure. I remember in the early 90s, they had those trash bendums. Remember those, where they would just be all tall and gangly, and you just bend the figure? Uh, I think that was probably after my collection days had ended. Terrible. Horrible. Miserable. Also, I remember a, a Lex Luger... Galoob figure where his arms, no, you couldn't have them up like this. They right. were down like this. And yes. I'm, like, I'm like, you lazy sons of bitches. I can't it's, do the torture rack. It's almost like they caught him right about to do a most muscular pose, yes. but they caught him on the way down kind of thing. <laughs> so, so he, he basically, again, shoulder blocks. Uh, and in his case, he could do bulldogs and headlocks. That's about it. Man, I could talk toys all day. Were you ever into uh, video games back in the day? Yeah, man. The original Nintendo back in the day. Do you remember the original pro wrestling game for the original Nintendo? I do, with Starman. Starman? That game was awesome. Pro Wrestling Tees just released a Starman shirt because there's a song The Weeknd has out called Starboy. Okay. And to play off of that. So I think that's... How are people not stealing that gimmick and running it on like every little indie show? Starman? It is it is potentially the only wrestling game I can think of where one of the characters would bite you and gouge your eyes because the I forget his name he was like the lizard man remember yes I do he would actually he would actually bite you and gouge your eyes it was that game was awesome it's maybe a little after your time do you remember Saturday Night Slam Masters uh, nope can't say oh. I do it was Street Fighter but pro wrestling it was made by Capcom it was okay. fantastic. It had like mock versions of like Vader and uh, some some guys uh, that you would recognize. That was some good stuff. They had Hagger from Final Fight. Now, because it was Street Fighter in a ring, were they bringing like barbed wire baseball bats in the ring and stuff like that? Yes, yes they, they were. Had, like, they some of them had like some special moves, like a giant pile driver where you jump twenty feet in the air and spin around. You know what? I might have saw that now that you mentioned. Although Legends of WrestleMania that came out a few years ago, they had all stuff like that. All-Stars. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a lot of fun to play with people. That that All Stars game. We are asked by Adam Pearson on Twitter at Fightful Wrestle. You guys, are you excited? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Headed for the Rumble, and who do you think will win the match, Jimmy? 
Is this Adam Pearson? Oh, no, that's Adam Pierce, the guy that works yes. for uh, the Performance Center now. Oh, yeah. I was at a nitty show with Adam Pierce one time years ago. Uh, okay, we already talked about the Rumble. So I had thought it was going to be Taker, and I had thought that Taker was then going to challenge Cena for the title at Mania. Now the rumor is that McMahon doesn't want to do Taker and Cena anymore. Weird. Um, however, he also changes his mind uh, on a 12-hour basis. So I'm still going to say Taker and then uh, Taker Cena at Mania because I think he'll just flip-flop back and forth and, and eventually go in that direction. Yeah, I'm thinking Taker too. I don't know if they – I mean, Undertaker surprises me all the time, but he was walking with a limp out on Raw, so I wonder mm. if they want him to even go over the top rope mm. uh, to begin with because he's probably not going to wrestle until WrestleMania after that. Um if he do you showed, actually do you remember the gimmick battle royal? I think it was like dude, WrestleMania X8 or something. Iron Sheik won it because of that. For that reason, that's right. For that reason, he won. And I, I don't even think he eliminated uh, Slaughter. I think Slaughter kind of propelled himself over the top. But I uh, think I think Mudlick's own Hillbilly Jim was last guy eliminated from that. Right. You yeah. Know, like, I'm very excited for it. I'm going there live. I'm stoked for it. I think yeah, I think Undertaker's going to win. I think you're excited because you're hoping for a dark match with uh, the Ascension against the uh, Shining Stars. I think that's what you're looking for. I notice that people misspell the Shining Stars a lot. They put two N's in it. Ah, uh, um, yeah. The Shining Stars, like... You know what that is? What? That is called Millennials. Oh, God. I know this from interviewing people. People this day and age cannot write anymore because uh, text Excuse messages... Excuse me, but the 60-year-olds that I see on Twitter and Facebook have much worse spelling than the millennials of today. Uh, and you know why that is? That's because imagine a 60-year-old that's never used a keyboard before using one finger like this trying to, you know, type out the words. That's what it is. I don't know. I don't know. So, so I saw a tweet today. It was a very interesting one. Somebody says, Roman Reigns should beat The Undertaker this year at Mania. Then Undertaker should soul swap Roman so Roman can become the new taker. Uh, it almost looks like they're going in that direction with Roman sometimes. Yeah. It's amazing to me. I, I used to think Cena was the guy they booked like Superman. And uh, I remember when Rock came back and they did the tag match of Survivor Series and everybody said, why does Cena even need a partner? He's been beating Miz and uh, Truth by himself. But they've taken it up a notch with Roman Reigns. It's crazy. The guy cannot be beaten unless he's double teamed or triple teamed. Crazy. Ooh, here's a good question that uh, you'll be able to have a great answer for. Have you guys ever spent all your money in change when you play WWF WrestleFest? Jimmy. I own the WrestleFest arcade game. This is true. Sean knows this. I actually purchased one from an old bar. I had it refurbished. It is now in my man cave, but I was able to sync it up so that quarters are not required. Few things make me geek out, like few few pieces of wrestling memorabilia. When you uh, sent me a photo of that, I thought that was just the coolest damn thing. I think that's one of the best games in wrestling history. It is the one of the most beautiful games in wrestling history. Yeah, it still holds up. Yeah. It does. I mean, you can still play today, and it's still entertaining today. That it was, was so colorful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. That's back before every wrestler in the world just wore all black, and like you had Earthquake and Legion of Doom and Hulk Hogan and I think right. Warrior. Warrior, yep. I loved. I think that was the the big thing that stood out to me was how colorful and beautiful that game was. So you must have loved wrestling in the nineties then. Like I said, I liked how colorful it was. <laughs> uh, I didn't necessarily like 
well done and techno team 2000 and spark plug holly no offense bob tl hopper the goon yeah i'll tell uh, you i you know what i'm gonna tell you a funny story because it just came into my head years ago when i promoted i used to book jim neidhart every now and then mm-hmm. and neidhart was great he was great he would do whatever if he had to put somebody over he did it i asked him to take a chair shot once and he did it he was fantastic so there was one time when he called me up because he was looking for a booking and I had a show coming up in a certain town, but I just booked him in that town the month before. So I told him, I can't bring you back, Ben. I already had you in that town. He told me in all seriousness, he said, well, you know, I could always just uh, show up as who. <laughs> and I had to tell him, I had to let him down gently and just say, good idea, Jim. But uh, I think I'm going to have to just think of something else. That is phenomenal. Yeah. I may have to do an article on that. You should. He was 100% serious. Like, he really thought, I'll just come as who. Chips on YouTube says, how much does Fightful pay Sean Ross Sapp a year, Jimmy Van? Whatever it is, the, give this man a raise. I'll say this. I'm well on my way to becoming an eccentric millionaire. <laughs> they pay me so well. I have not yet recouped the cost of Sean Ross Sapp on the website. but hey, it's uh, an investment. It is. It's it is. Investment. It's an investment. That's right. How long have you been an eccentric millionaire, Jimmy? <laughs> That's from Mark Martucci. Uh, I'm not even going to comment on my financial status. He has been eccentric far longer than he's been a millionaire. Good answer. Good answer. All I'll say is things are good. Life is good, and I'm happy, and that's it. Fightful gives me everything that I want, whether it's financial or co-hosts or writers. I got you that software. Remember you wanted that software? The reason you all see this right here. There is no hangout toolbar toolbox anymore. They don't do that, apparently. Jimmy got me this. Fightful is very good to me. And that software wasn't exactly free, but I really wanted you to have whatever you call that hey. thing, watermark or whatever it's called. Hey, I'm thinking before my contract's up, you all just move me to Toronto, and then the government will kick me out in a year. You know what? I would do that, but I would only do it if you came here in February. Oh, that's brutal. You would find that out if you came here in February. I would imagine so. It's bad here in February. Okay, I can't define bad in Toronto. Define bad. Well, we're usually under about a foot of snow in February. On some days, then it's 70 the next week. Like mm. Here, uh, I, I don't know the, uh, the Fahrenheit Celsius conversion mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, us civilized people like myself and Anna, we, we deal with Celsius and you guys deal with Fahrenheit. But uh, I think it goes below zero Fahrenheit a lot. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. wouldn't be surprised. When was the last time that a rumble was this unpredictable? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Um, The thing is, a lot lately they have been just spiting fans over the past several years, and I don't Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, and and, I mean, it's it's unpredictable in some ways, but it's also predictable in some ways because you look at the 30 guys in the rumble and you can discredit 25 of them pretty much every year. Every year you can get it down to – four or five guys and you know one of them is going to win and this year is no different but uh i love the fact they've stacked it and uh it's going to make for some interesting moments it's funny that i was talking last week about how i'd love to see brock and braun and now they had to stare down on raw so i'm sure they're going to do something in the rumble i'm sure they're going to have a you know a minute or two together Stephen bell on twitter actually points out I know that tweet was a joke, but the original that was the original idea for the Undertaker character that his power was transferable. 
It was discussed in a 1997 issue of WWF Magazine that featured a rare Taker interview. That is a hell of a find. So you're telling me that he could, what, transfer his abilities? To the Undertaker, or to to Roman Reigns. So that Roman Reigns could come out and lift his arms and the lights are going to come up and all that? Yeah, I mean, they, they look... Quite a bit. He looks like a Samoan Undertaker from back in the day. Yeah, he does. He's he's you know five five inches shorter. Yes, but oh, probably more than that. Yeah, but he's also way more muscled up than Taker ever was. That's also true. So, um, yeah. Let's see. Where's this next question at? I want to ask you a question. Sure. I'm going to turn the tables a little bit. Uh, heard today that Michael Cole is going to transition to a backstage uh, spot with WWE. I want to ask coming on that actually, yeah. Now I wanted to ask you: Do you think that this was another one of those Vince McMahon decisions where he thinks, oh, he's just getting too old and he wants to plug in somebody younger? I think it's a Michael Cole decision more than anything. I think um, so. Yeah, because for all the flack that Michael Cole gets, Michael Cole uh, has taken Corey Graves under his wing. He brought in Mauro Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, he brought in a guy that he knew was has is so renowned that people would be calling for this guy to replace him. I think that's probably why SmackDown has a four man booth right now. They're probably trying to prime somebody for raw. Um, I see. I, I thought that they were looking to push Morrow out. I think if they wanted to push Morrow out, he'd be gone. You think so? I think they just shit can him. Like I, I feel like they got Tom Phillips in there because they wanted to groom him for SmackDown because you see Morrow doing all of this non-WWE stuff, and I, I realized when they hired him, they knew that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I look at that, and I just think to myself, you know how Vince is, and, and you, you saw that Vice.com article where they were talking about how fickle Vince is, and one month you're his MVP, and then the next month he doesn't need you anymore. Yes. And uh, I look at a guy like Morrow, and I think to myself, he goes against what Vince McMahon likes as far as somebody having outside interest the way he does. Yeah. So when I saw Tom Phillips come into SmackDown, the first thing I thought of is they're going to groom him and then they're going to kick Morrow out. And NXT got their their commentary was so bad for their play by play guys were so bad for a while. I can't remember how many moves were called as oh, right. I'm like man, and David Otunga still does that. What a maneuver! Yeah, like just call the damn move. It's it's not hard. It's yeah. I'm actually not a fan of the SmackDown ring announcer that came from NXT. Mm-hmm. I, I find he sounds so excited about everything, that guy. That guy's just... <laughs> you don't just, want people excited to be there? He's so excited. There's like no place he'd rather be in life every time he calls a match. I actually really like Brandy Rhodes a lot. I thought she was pretty good, but she did what she had to do. I thought she was good too. Yeah, I thought she was good. Liked her. Uh, regarding the unpredictable thing, I you know, originally I was I thought that Elimination Chamber... In February, idea bad, but it does it makes the rumble a little more unpredictable, I think, because you could always have a situation where Randy Orton wins the Royal Rumble and somehow Bray Wyatt emerges out of the elimination chamber with that title. So I've kind of stepped off of that a little bit. Maybe they they've done crazier things in this world. Um, and someone says the thought of having Daniel. Uh, what are your thoughts on having Daniel Bryan's theme hit at number thirty? And having the Miz come out instead, I uh, no because they're not going to put that kind of heat on Miz when they can't have the payoff match. Yeah, I, I mentioned the only way that I would do like something like that is if the Miz did like an open challenge at WrestleMania, and then Daniel Bryan came out. Miz turns around, kisses Maurice, then Daniel Bryan immediately puts him in the yes lock. No bumps, no damage, nothing like that. It's a way 
to put a bow on all that, but still have the Miz have a legit reason to be just livid at Daniel Bryan every single week. Right. I um, mean, it's always possible. I mean, they, they had the so-called match with Bret Hart when uh, he couldn't mm-hmm. take a bump and look yeah. horrible. And I'm sure he regrets doing it. So yeah. uh, anything's possible. I mean, Brian's still in great shape. He takes care of himself. Yes. I still feel like Daniel Bryan will wrestle. It just probably won't be for the WWE. He's his contract is times ticking now that he is in the GM role. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Bree will try to talk him out of I it. I was just going to say, I don't think he will wrestle again because I think Bree will not let that happen, especially when they have a kid on the way. I don't think she's going to want him to take that kind of risk. I could see him staying in the WWE in some capacity and, collecting that paycheck. Don Callis is going to be doing commentary for New Japan. Do you know Don? I met him once. I met him once, uh, a gentleman by the name of Scott Demore, who I'm sure you know from uh, TNA Booking. Mm-hmm. I did a couple of things with Scott Demore years ago uh, for his independent promotion up in Windsor, Ontario, which is near Detroit. And Don Callis came in, and I had one actually pretty lengthy conversation with Don Callis backstage that day. And he was a nice, he was a nice guy. I heard that he's in IT now or something. He's doing uh, a podcast with Lance Storm, and now he's doing that. So he's back in the wrestling business now. Okay, okay. At the very least. He was a good guy. I mean, you know him and Lance are really tight, and then that that dude out of Winnipeg, not Jericho, but that other guy, I forget his name, Dr. Luther. Yes. I remember him. Those guys were all really tight, yeah. Don West, back in TNA, your thoughts? Good for Don West. It's a job. He collects a paycheck. Good for – it's – I look at TNA and I just, I, I just can't help but think that it's just, it, it's a ticking time bomb. I still don't know why Anthem bought the company. I don't know how they, they, they think they're going to make any money at all. Uh, I've even, you know, read articles from other renowned wrestling people that say the same thing. How do they expect to make any money with this thing? So good for Don West. Click that paycheck while you can. Randy Orton had an incident with a fan while he was lifting weights. The fan came up and asked for a picture uh, Randy Orton had kind of pointed to his earbuds saying, I can't hear you. I'm working out. The guy took a picture across the, the, uh, it doesn't look like across the gym. It looks pretty close up actually. And, uh, Orton went off. What, what are your thoughts on this? I remember Bret Hart one time on TSN's off the record when he was told that Shawn Michaels was born again and had, uh, become mellow and Bret Hart said a leopard doesn't change his spots. And Randy Orton is a guy you always hear for years. It's basically a dick. Uh, and uh, how he basically got uh, Ken Anderson kicked out of WWE and, you know, all the stuff that he's done. When he got together with his newest wife, uh, I saw Renee Young's interview with him on the network. I don't know if you saw that. And uh, Renee was talking about how, boy, you've really mellowed out since you guys got together and you're, you're cooler to talk to now. And I watched that interview thinking to myself, a leopard doesn't change his spots. So when I heard about this incident, didn't surprise. I've never been a big fan of Randy Orton. I, he's, he's a talented guy and everything, but never been a fan. Are you of the belief that maybe the fan should have waited until after he was done? Or he asked for a, he just took a picture. Well, he asked for a picture, then he took. A picture. So what? So what? I mean, he was in a public place. It's not like the guy you know went and do his house. He was, uh-huh. in, he was in a public I, – I mean, I, I know that some celebrities look at it differently, and you hear about good old Canadian Justin Bieber being a pain in the ass. And, yeah. and uh, I look at it like when you are in the public eye, that is to be expected. When, when you decide to take a, a, a job in that world, it's to be expected. And so uh, if you're going to bitch at a guy because he took a photo of you in the, the gym, 
What are you going to do when the paparazzi shows up at your house when you get famous off of this podcast? Oh, that's exactly what's going to happen. And uh, yeah, I can't, I can't wait for that day. That's going to be a glorious day. I told you when that guy created that site saying, I hate Jimmy Van. Yeah. And I love that. I thought that was cool. So uh, I'll tell you what, when that happens, then we can revisit this topic. <laughs> hey, anybody who wants to come talk to me, the biggest celebrity of them all in San Antonio. I think in Kentucky, you very, might, you very well could be. I, don't, I forget the name of your town, Bullbunk, Kentucky. You might be the biggest celebrity in oh, Bullbunk, Kentucky. I'm, I'm far from it. George Clooney is from here. Does he, does he readily admit that he's from there? Yes. Oh, he okay. made a movie at the same place that I did my wedding. Like I did my wedding at, a, at an opera house here, and he premiered a movie there. Also, we have uh, former NBA player Darius Miller. He was a part of the Kentucky National Championship team. We had a Miss America from here. Feel like somebody else. We had a Major League Baseball All Star who was from here. There. So did they re, did they rename his street the, like George Clooney Street? Because you know they do stuff like that. No, but uh, his mother Rosemary Clooney. They named a movie theater out here after her. Oh. Rosemary Clooney Movie Theater, or, or something like that. Uh, I'm maybe top twenty. You're definitely you're definitely legendary. I want to see uh, SRS Boulevard at some point. <laughs> Jeez, I, I probably couldn't even get the little, like, you know, they have those local traffic only roads. Right. That divide. I probably couldn't even get that one on my own street named that. <laughs> what about a key to the city? Maybe you could get that someday. A key to Ewing, which is a little offshoot of <laughs> Maysville. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I grew up here, so they might not like me. Uh, Maysville down the road, I'm much more likely to get it there because I do some charitable stuff there sometimes, but. Not a lot of famous people from here, but we got like the Clooney family. That's somewhat good for you. Don't know what else to say. That's the, the, where, where were you born at? Uh, I was born in the great metropolis of Mallorytown, Ontario. Population hey, up there. Population one thousand. Ooh. And uh, to this day, no street lights, no cable television. I didn't get pizza delivered until I was nineteen years old when I moved somewhere else. There's this guy in our chat who's saying that I look like Rihanna, and he went to the trouble of finding me on Facebook. Keep in mind, I have changed my Facebook name to where people can't find me. Uh-huh. Like, I have one of those pretentious fan pages for the Sean Ross Sapp thing now. And he went to the trouble to find me to tell me this. It's a hell of a rib. I don't get it. But there was a, a guy a last week on YouTube that was making fun of my nostrils. Oh, and I, I noticed that somebody deleted the comment. Uh, I don't know who if it was you or whoever. Probably but Carlos. Yeah, maybe somebody deleted the comment. I've never minded stuff like that. Some, sometimes people they they take shots because they want to get a rise out of you, and yeah. uh, I just I don't care about that kind of stuff. I I always look at it like this: I've got a successful successful business. I have a lovely wife. I got a kid. Uh, if you hate your life and are miserable, that's not my problem. So I've I've never minded when people take those little pot shots. I used to be very much a negative person like that. Then I was like, you know what? If you work hard, you're good to people. So you were the one that made fun of my nostrils. It was you. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I've got a deviated septum and I'm jealous. I want to be able to breathe a little bit better. <laughs> I want that. I want those big ass nostrils you have, Jimmy. Thank you. Thank you. It's not fair. You want those you're eccentric breathing, nostrils. You're breathing that, that crisp Toronto air all the time. Oh, it is so crisp. It is so crisp and pollution free too. I bet if you go for a run, like the air in 
Toronto, like afterwards, you know, everything feels a lot colder in your lungs after a run. Oh, I'm, at, I'm at the age now where I don't run for anything. I, <laughs> I, I think even if there was a guy behind me with a knife, I would probably try to just talk him out of it. Speaking of confrontations, on Friday's show with Shane Helms, guys, we are talking backstage fights, many of which Shane was in or personally witnessed. That's going to be a lot of fun. Did he talk about the buff uh, water bottle? Oh, he sure did. And and I, I saw your little preview thing. Did he talked about Booker and Batista as well? He talked about Booker and Batista. We talk about him and Jericho. We talk about him being front row for, for Goldberg and Jericho. Oh, interesting. Uh, interesting. I might, I might want to see a preview uh, preview clip of that one if you can like shoot me a link to that one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the reaction to Daniel Pewter and Angle backstage. Okay. The Dicks, you remember them? Yeah, vaguely, vaguely. Well, well, one of them cried and punched the other one. There was a fight there. Bob Holly, Renee Dupree, uh, the Guerreros versus everybody. Like the Guerreros had this weird thing where they would try to fight like Charlie Haas and Kurt Angle in the big show. Right. Then uh, let's see, Seamus, Yoshitatsu. Joey Styles, JBL. Uh, oh, that was a good one. Joey Styles and JBL. Yes. JBL was such a dick back then. That was that was glorious. DDP Steiner, um, Goldberg, and Evan Courageous. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. We got we got the goods over on that Shane Helms fightful podcast. I let like- me get your let me get your thoughts on something. Yeah. Just talking about backstage altercations, and you talk about Bob Holly. I want your take on this. You remember when Holly did uh, Tough Enough? And he uh, roughed up that kid. I forget the name of the kid, the one that ended Matt up getting – Matt Cavatelli. Yes. And, uh, and then Matt Cavatelli afterwards was crying and saying that he didn't know if he wanted to do it anymore. What was your take on that whole thing? Do you think Holly was right or wrong? Did Capitelli get a co- concussion from that? I don't recall the concussion. I just remember that he was crying and, and wanted to leave the show and Al Snow had to console him and, and all that. He later, okay, I just looked it up. Later on, like a couple years later, Holly gave Capitelli a concussion. If he didn't get one then, right? you just, you suck it up. I did a, uh, I did a seminar with Billy Robinson. He trained Kazushi Sakuraba and Josh Barnett. Mm-hmm. And I was in bad shape. I was three months off of a car wreck. I didn't think I would ever wrestle again. I just wanted to go for the experience. He had my wrestling coach, who had something to prove there. He wanted to endear himself to the great Billy Robinson. Suplexed me, I think, 25 times in a row. Oh. He just shut the fuck up and take it. What kind of suplex was it? Like a variety? It was a, a double underhook suplex. Every time? Every time. On, See, thin, on thin mats. When that Bob Holly thing happened, and if anybody hasn't seen it, you should go on YouTube and look it up. I might have been in the minority, but I had no problem with it. And the reason I had no problem with it was that, number one, those tough enough kids were all joking around in the ring before he got in they there. They paid no dudes either. That too, but they were also like la- – because like, they were having a match, and they were, they were joking around while they were having the match. That's number one. Number two, wrestling is, as you know, such a tough racket. And you're on the road 300 days a year, and you beat the hell out of your body, and they don't make a ton of money unless they're at the very top. It's such a tough racket. I think Bob Holly did that, number one, because he was pissed off that they were joking around. And number two, he wanted him to know, this is a tough business. You think you're going to just become a star and make millions of dollars? It's not like that. So I had no problem with it. And I remember, I think in Holly's book, he said that a few years later, uh, John Morrison, who was friends with Capitelli, went to him and said that he understood why he did it. Because now Morrison was in the business and knew how tough it was. 
hey, as of I think I was 17, 18, 19 when it happened, I sympathized with Matt Capitelli. I was a kid who wanted to become a wrestler eventually. Right. Uh, and I was like, God, I don't want that to happen to me. Yeah. And then as I got older and I could take care of myself, I was like, well, okay, let somebody try to take advantage of me in a situation like that. I'll see what I can do. And then I would I watched Tough Enough back recently, and I was like, yeah, they're being kind of disrespectful. And if he if like if he had got a concussion off of it, I understand him being upset, especially knowing what we know now. Mm-hmm. If he didn't, well, that's the cost of doing business sometimes. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. I, mean, I, I don't think he. I don't think I can't recall Holly like uh, you know throwing a heart or anything. I, I think it was just kicking me in the corner a little bit. Yeah, but, I'd have to. I'd have to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think Renee Dupree had it coming. Oh yeah, Renee, that was a classic one. There, there was a girl that was on. I believe she was on maybe one of the last up enoughs. This girl named Vula, and she was from Toronto. I don't know if you remember the season when they were learning to take forward rules, and she kept falling on her head. Yes, and uh, which is boggling to me, and it boggles the mind. And she actually was one of these people who, I mean, she was beautiful, and she probably could have crushed it in, in WWE. But uh, she didn't make the initial cut, and then when somebody decided they didn't want to go to the house, they called her and asked her, hey, you want to fill in and go to the house? And her mentality was, you know what? You didn't want me the first time, so fuck you. That was basically what she thought, and I respected that. Tough Enough missed a lot of talent, too. Like They missed Awesome Kong. They missed Shad Gaspard. They missed John Morrison one time. They missed Emelina. I think she was on that same episode, that same season. Yep. ODB, Gunner. Boogeyman, uh, Boogeyman, just or Jackie Gata yeah. had tried out it before she even got on there. Yeah, they missed uh, quite a bit of talent there. Who I mean, else? John Gabrick was one of the talent guys. What do you expect? Yeah, Davari, they missed him. Davari was on it too. He was. He tried out for Tough Enough Three. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, the Shelly Martinez, who, uh, uh, well, I said talent. So. <laughs> She's talented in some ways. Don't kid yourself. Oh, God. That's not talent. You're born with it. Um, anything to tell the people before we go, Jimmy? Man, this is one of my favorite shows to do every week. You know, this was an interesting show because we didn't talk about anything. Uh, and yet we still talk for an hour about... I've covered Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> I've covered at length. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say. Uh, again, stay tuned for the brand split. We're working on it. I actually just hired a new girl that's starting uh, a week from Monday. And she's going to be helping with all this stuff. So we're going to finish the brand split. Um, Will her and Lindsay have a rivalry? Uh, well, they're going to be working together. So Ooh. I guess I guess we'll see what happens. Maybe it's Are going you, to be a, a tag team that turns on each other. No, it's got to be the Shane Stephanie thing. You've got to make them work together to work against each other and breed competition. I'll tell you what. You and I will talk about it. We'll, we'll try to figure something out. But uh, I want to get the brand split done. And uh, I'm looking forward to that Helms podcast now that you're talking about the stuff you guys talked about. Oh, it's, it's fun. I'm going to do a little editing on it, and uh, I'll send you a link. Now I'll say this for the brand split. We have some versatile guys. Needless to say, me and Showdown Joe are the GMs here. Who should, who would I take first in that draft? Now, are you only representing Fightful Wrestling? Yeah, but maybe I want to take somebody from him to hurt Fightful MMA. Oh, that's what you're thinking. That's what you know. What Elias Theodoru. He, he would be – I've become a fan of his quickly because, again, he does not care what he – you know what I love about him? He is currently in the UFC. Like, he is a current fighter in the UFC, and he doesn't care about talking shit about the UFC if they do something that he doesn't agree with. How can you not respect that? I do. So I've, I've become a fan of his very quickly. 
plus he's a fan of wrestling, so he I is. can use him for that as well. And I think that Joe is too much of a straight man, like to pick Matt Riddle. Uh, so, so if, I think it's if, sorry if if Joe's the straight man. What does that make you? I'm a comedic guy. I, I can make that work. <laughs> I was going in another direction with that, but oh come on, <laughs> grow up, grow up. But I think I could skate by and get Matt Riddle in the second round just just to outsmart Showdown Joe. I think that uh, you are over with Matt Riddle. I think you are. Yeah, Matt's a good dude. He actually seemed like he was disappointed that you were going to skip out on him in San Antonio. So he's he's a fan of Sean Ross Sapp, I think. I'm going to that show all by my lonesome. Like, I've never been to a wrestling show by myself. I mean, I know several people who are going to be there. Uh, my friends Corey and Nick. But it's going to be a fun time. I can't wait. You know what? Maybe he'll get you backstage and you can, like, tape a bunch of interviews on behalf of Fightful while he's in the ring. That would be awesome. That would be nice. That would be nice. Guys, follow at Fightful Wrestle, at Fightful MMA, at Fightful Online. Make sure to subscribe to us. And, of course, visit the site every day. I, I, I don't have time to run through all the cool stuff we do at Fightful.com. You should just go experience it for yourself. Jimmy, uh, anything to tell the people before we go? No. Uh, have a good day. That's all I got. We're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.